Welcome back for another episode of the AWG Podcast, where we discuss the biggest topics and trends in the water sport and boat tour industry. Make sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform and join our mailing list by visiting watersportpodcast.com. After you finish listening, continue the conversation in our Facebook group, Water Sport and Boat Tour Operators. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, and we're back for another episode of our two-part series of mistakes you make in your first year of business and maybe even your second year or third year. Spending lots of money, like like when you start doing well and start spending like lots of money on dumb shit. Like, you know, like I was like, I'm thinking about getting a Lamborghini, you know? I can't afford it. <laughs> I can't even afford the down payment. <laughs> uh, what no. is your What is your dream car? Like if you could have any car right now, what would it be? What, what was my dream car? Like what would like, be like, your like, dream car? Like, yeah, a fl- like, like a flying car, like something from the Jetsons. Uh, man, I'm not a car guy, dude. Like, so I've got an F-150 and uh, and it's like my work truck slash like everyday drive. And then I had a um, a work truck and it like completely fell apart. It was like this $3,000 bag of rags and it fucking fell apart. So um I can't remember like what happened. Like I was like doing both and I was like, I can't like, I'm going to go out and buy like a $10,000 truck. So my family was in town and I went and bought, um, I I needed a seven seater because it's like, we have five of us and then we had mom and dad with us. And so I'm like, man, I need a seven seater. So I really like got into like looking at these SUVs. So I ended up with this, a Lincoln navigator. And I'm just like, man, this thing is like really cool. I wanted it to have four wheel drive uh, or all wheel drive. And I wanted to have a tow package on it because I'm like, I, I, <laughs> I'm like, well, if I got somewhere, I need to pick up a boat. Like I need four wheel drive. I need a tow package. I need a seven seater. And it was like, literally it was like either that or a Cadillac Escalade. So this thing is like pretty fancy for me. And I still feel weird driving it sometimes. I'm like, I like I'm now we're going into off season. I want my F-150 back. But I'm not like a super huge car guy. Like I, me neither. I, yeah, I just I, don't everyone's know, like, man. "Oh, you're from Detroit and you're not a car guy." And I'm like, I just don't care about yeah. cars. Like it's it's something I drive to get from A to B. Now my dad has a 1965 amphibious car. What fully fully restored? Am, a what? Amphicar. Amphicar. They're called. What is that? It can go in the water. Yeah, it can go in the water. That's so weird. It's a German car. They only made about maybe 5,000 of them total between 60, 1960 and 1965. I believe. I could be wrong on the dates, but my dad owns one. It sat in our garage and our family for 30 years. And then my dad finally, probably longer than that, maybe 40 years, my dad finally um, got it restored, fully restored every, and everything. It's, it's a really sweet car, runs and everything. And then he also has a 1930 Model A and he's in the process of restoring that. And, then, and it's funny because these cars... They sat in pieces in my garage as kids for years, and now my dad's retired, and he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna get my cars, my cars fixed." Um, so when it comes to like stupid stuff, like with with like money, I, so I'm never like a fancy pants kind of guy, um, obviously. But I like I'm into watches, like watches in the last year, and I've gotten like uh, I got like a couple of my buddies into watches. Uh, and so I've really been in, I've really been into watches and, uh, I have, I've spent like way too much money on watches for me, like in the, in the last year, uh, it's been like a a hardcore obsession of mine. Like I am, there is like, if, if I 
when I get to nine figures, like that's that's we all have goals. Like I want to take over the world, but I would love to. I would I would like to one day say like I run nine figures. Like I want to get to a hundred million dollars in revenue at some point in my life, regardless whether I'm not going to get into yeah. that stuff. It's not being a fancy <laughs> guy. for me. It's just a part of playing the game. I love entrepreneurship. I love building companies. Like I, I just. I, it's fun. That's what I, I like to do. But I, but if I get to that much money, I would have no idea what to do with it. But I could spend one million dollars in watches, no problem. This is my this is my newest. Uh, I just I acquired this just recently. Wow, so nice! It's a Hublot, uh, and it's like pretty low key. It's not super like you wouldn't think of it as like uh, like a crazy nice watch, but it's actually a crazy nice watch. To me, <laughs> it's all about the journey, not the destination. Like money to me is the destination. Journey is building it. And seeing yeah. what I'm capable of doing, that is the exciting part. So like money to me, um, and I hate to say this because some of you probably listening are like, fuck, like he's an, he's, you know, he's an asshole, but I, I just don't care about the money as much. Like I live very frugal because it's all about building and, and the, the process of making it. That's yeah. the exciting part. Like to me, that's like the currency yeah. is seeing what I can actually do. What role, how can I push myself? Yeah, I, I got some buddies that get crazy with the cars and, and like, man, and watches and spending lots of money and shit like that. And it's just like, I don't, I mean, there's some, it's like I get caught up with them sometimes and I'm like, oh, yeah. And then I'm just like, I don't, ugh, what, what am I going to do with this now? Like, this is silly. I, I'm like with you. But, and, and it's like, you know, Destiny, you know, we've we've scaled pretty well in the last four years and now we're starting, a, we're starting another business. And I've been like so re-energized with life. Like, it's it, it just like, I don't care. Like, I, there could be like $10 million in my bank. I'm like, that's cool. Like, like, let's start another business. That sounds like so much more fun. But, um, you know, with that being said, that kind of like leads us into the topic uh, of fucking like making all of these mistakes and uh, like money, the, jur- the oh, journey, the journey, man, like yeah, money, money fucks things up so bad for guys. You know what I mean? Like it's like and I know we had an idea of like where we were going to start this episode off, but now that we're talking about it like, you know, like the money issue, like money can really fog things up. If you have too much or God, if you don't have enough, if you're making decisions based on money, if you are pinching pennies too much, if you're not, you know, man, doing the right thing because you're like, uh, we call it stepping over a, a dollar to get to a dime. You know, where you're like, oh, I'm not going to invest in people. I'm not going to invest in in my equipment. And I'm not going to invest in marketing, you know, because I don't want to put up that upfront cost or, you know, I, this is not a tangible asset that I can sell because you're scared of investing into, you know, these different avenues. It's like, man, you can really fuck it up. Like, you, you know, again, if you're like trying to be that guy that does everything, I'm going to fix my own shit and I'm going to do my own marketing and I'm going to I'm going to try and do it all. It's like, and you are stretching yourself so thin and then you're doing things that aren't even in your lane because you're trying to save money rather than hiring somebody that knows what the fuck they're doing. And it's like, well, now you have, you kind of have like a shitty product. You know? Yeah. And you know, I, I was a little stubborn when I started Alabama Extreme Water Sports. Um, I had an opportunity to buy all new skis or all used. I said, okay, well, if I buy all used, I can get eight skis. If I buy new, I can get maybe three, um, actually probably less than that, probably two. But I bought from people that I trust and I know who took really good care of their equipment. So I feel like I got better than if I bought it from just a residential owner who doesn't have proper 
maintenance protocol, but it really killed me buying used still. And I was told to buy new and I could have afforded new. And what happened was three of those skis went down pretty much for the whole year. Um, And the other few, I had maintenance problem constantly. And if you're a small operation and you have to use a third party maintenance person, uh, you don't have one on staff anyways, you're not going to get your ski back in any reasonable time because there's several other companies and private owners too that are in line. So back to the thing about you said stepping over dollar to make a dime. If I would have just said, screw it, I'm going to buy all new skis. I'm guessing that I would have had pretty much all those skis for the remainder of the season and made way more money because when those skis are down, oh my gosh, like each one of those skis is generating 30, 40,000 a year potentially. So big mistake uh, on my part. Hey everyone, we're going to take a quick break and talk about our sponsors for the month, Amp Agency. Amp is a full service digital marketing agency that specializes in tour, rental, and destination marketing. We would not have sponsors on the show if we could not vouch for them ourselves. Amp Agency does a bunch of stuff for Destiny Water Adventures personally. I 100% vouch for this guy. I've I've handed them over to other companies in the past before they officially became a sponsor, and they have had nothing but great things to say. If you guys are doing your own marketing and doing a piss poor job of it, do yourselves a favor. Hand yourselves over to Amp Agency, specifically Steve Edwards, their CEO, will call you personally and have a great conversation with, with you about what you guys need to do for your marketing. Listen, guys, they do pretty much everything in digital marketing, website development, maintenance, Google AdWords, PPC, graphic design, social media management, SEO, and a myriad of other things. When you choose a marketing company, it's so important to choose a company that knows your industry. And AMP Agency knows activity marketing, especially water sports and tours. They got a promo going for Awkward Water Sport Guy listeners for their, their managed websites. Uh, use promo code Awkward Podcast when you go to AMP.agency. So again, that's AMP.agency, promo code Awkward Podcast. You get three months free and get started with AMP Agency. All right, guys, let's get back to the show. There's nothing like like boats that are just so well known for like you know holding up over time and really not having to put a lot of money into. You know, it's like oh yeah, get a used boat, man. Fucking ten, fifteen years old, that should be great. You know, this is an old adage. What is it like? Bust out another thousand. Yeah, put that in the commercial world and try busting out another ten, or actually busting out another hundred thousand. Or busting out another million because at the end of the day, man, like when you start getting bigger, like, man, your, your shit going down is like the, the hardest thing. But yeah, money influencing decisions. And it's one thing that we see like almost on a, on a, you know, almost on a, on a daily basis. People do not want to invest in their marketing. Like it is. I see it as being the most like you probably love it. Like they have no problem putting up 20% on the back end, but they don't want to even put up 10%, 5% on the front end. A marketer calls them up and tells, gives them a bill for their services. Man, these guys are like, fuck that. You know what I mean? Ah, my, my kid knows social media. We'll just pay them to do it. That's, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Like- you know, going and then going back to like the family, you know, um, I hear a lot of like, oh, my brother in law is going to come work part-time or my cousin's going to come and and lend a hand and help me out. And that's sometimes that's necessary. Uh, But if you are really looking to scale this up and grow it and you got people who don't, don't have vested interest, you know, they're not officially part of the team. 
they're not getting paid really well, or they're doing it for under the table. You got to take all this in consideration that these people are not the most reliable in the world. And at any moment, you could have a huge day and people aren't showing up or they're not trained properly. They're not wearing the uniforms and all this other stuff. And again, you're, you're trying to go the easy way out of maybe getting a friend or family member to hopefully volunteer for cheap and not actually going through the process of onboarding someone, training them and holding them to the fire a little bit. Because if you, when you hire a family member or friend, they, they're going to already feel like they are special in some way. Here, real, real quick, Greg, I hate to take you off a tangent, but like, I feel like we, we, we just split a topic here. And yeah. we, uh, so I took us into marketing, you took us into friends and family. Yeah. I would like to converge those two ideas. And because and, you see it with social all the time. It happens yeah. all the fucking time. My, my cousin does social. My sister, my niece does social. It's like because someone's 20 years old and is on a platform, they understand how to market on that platform. Yeah. And um, I, I know like we kind of we kind of like we, we, we the, the idea was that we were going to start this week's show um, as a continuation of last week's show of making these mistakes. And we we're going to lead into marketing. I took us on a tangent and money, but all these things all come together. Right. So people are trying to do shit on the cheap. They're fucking their sister knows marketing and or so because you see it happen with social media like all the fucking time. You know, people always hire somebody to do their social media. That now, don't get me wrong. There's there are is a lot of um, there's a lot of credit to having somebody on your team that's putting together content for your social media manager. Um, I'm very notorious for this. I'm really bad about this as well. Getting content to our social media manager. He's fucking listening right now. He's probably like, you motherfucker, you are the <laughs> worst. But so, but people do this where they they make the, the content gatherer, they make their person their like chief marketing strategist, and it's their 20-year-old bonehead kid that, that fucking is going to college for something not even related to it. And they're like, no, they're gonna handle our social. And and then they're not doing, you know, uh, any type of distribution on a regular basis. They're not running ads. They're not doing remarketing because they're not a fucking marketer. You know, they're like a, you know, a fucking ortho going to school for like, you know, dental hygienist or something. <laughs> I don't know. It's But it's see it happen all the time and they don't want to put any money into their marketing in, in general. But then they have no problem. Like I, I, I talk with people about this all the time. Like when you are paying for marketing and you're not you're not including that commission in the in in a part of your marketing budget or even in your projections for your marketing costs it's like well you know like i think we talked about it at the conference and i brought this up it's like so you don't like it, cost of cost of acquisition right like either you you can pay you 20% or you can pay google whatever you're paying 15% sometimes 30% if if somebody's doing it for it wrong for you you're putting in the fees at the end of the day you have to go back look at what you've paid commissions what you paid affiliates what you paid google what you paid management and understand that that is the total cost of marketing, total cost of acquisition. And you have to look at that number all together. The people never do that. They're always like, what? 20% or 30% or whatever it is. It's like, well, in addition to this, because if you can't, if you just cut that whole side of things out, then there's meat on the bone. You could potentially be, you know, leaving out there. So I, I always find it, 
I just always find it funny that people aren't looking at this as a total, a, a large view of the picture of their total marketing spend. I mean, I mean, obviously this is your realm. Like you, you have this down to a science. So you wanted to, you were the one who wanted to talk about marketing. So I don't know. Let me, let me pass the mic to Greg. No, I, I, I see it all the time. And I mean, even when I started TripShock, I was very tempted. Like I brought my brother on to do SEO um, and a lot of lot of tasks. Mike actually is now our VP of marketing. He's been with the company for um, a long time. But so fuck everything know. I just said, your brother. <laughs> but, actually, but if you're the, in the Fort Walton Beach market, but hire here, your brother. <laughs> but here's the thing that was different. My brother actually possessed a skill set, and he, it wasn't like. Oh, Mike, you know how to use Facebook. Why don't you become our social media market manager? Like that's, that is the problem is that you're just someone, someone might like to post on Instagram. They're not necessarily have the skill set to understand the, the backend. Like, you know, my brother is our SEO guy. He, he um, oversees all of our marketing, but from a young age, he's already developed, he already developed those skill sets. Um, and it's not to say that you couldn't develop one of your employees to become that person, but just understand like what you're, what you're getting into. And, uh, that, that is a, a, just a kind of a scary thing. Cause you're, you're, you're one, you're trying to decide what you want to be. You might not have your entire business plan together. You're just trying to figure it out. And especially in water sports or tours, uh, we kind of fly off the seat of our pants sometimes. And it's not terrible idea to do that because, uh, you never know what's going to hit. You never know what's going to happen. But uh, one of the things that I really want to to drill down when it comes to marketing is you're going to be hit up with so many offers, magazines, billboards, rack card distribution, Google ads, all this stuff. On year one, you have to focus tra- more transactional than brand. Not to say that you shouldn't wear shirts with your logo on it, you know, uh, have a, a, lo- a great logo that represents your business, do all the typical things that you should when you're building a brand. But uh, should you go out and spend money on expensive billboards? Should you have every ad in every magazine? I've seen this happen. These companies, they go ham on their advertising in year one, like they're a multi-million dollar company and they don't know, they're not tracking it. Uh, they're not, they're, it's like the, the, the best way to get business in that year one is going to go to sources that, you know, the customers like Google ads, for example, you know, people are searching for your product or the category of your product. You can grab them as transaction. You can track it. Those are the things that just work out really well. And I but I do see people, they get so excited because they started their business. They got their LLC, they start buying their boats and now all the advertisers start swarming them and they're just signing contracts left and right. Oh, I mean, you see, I see billboards for companies that have one, literally they're a six pack boat. I mean, how much business can you really get with a six pack boat <laughs> to spend 15,000 for a billboard? So, so I'm going to play devil's advocate to, to that uh, because as far as, a, as your long-term, as your long-term, um, as, as far as your long-term strategies are concerned, you know, like Douglas asked us when we were doing like the hot seat at the forum, he was like branding versus marketing. And I was quick to say branding, even though 
historically i'm like a big marketing guy like we i we fucking spend money man you know like we want to be everywhere but at the same point in time i think there needs to be a strong sense of branding because in the long term you you want to lower those costs like yes you're going to spend a lot of money you're always going to spend a lot of money but acquisitions always going to be front of mind it's always going to be i'm always looking to acquire new customers because at the end of the day, I want my old customers. I want new customers. I want to continue to grow. Like I, I'm, you know, up until I can't grow anymore. But I want to lower those acquisition costs. And the only way I'm going to be able to lower those acquisition costs is through me marketing. And the only way I'm going to do a great job of remarketing is through my branding. So we want to remember to remember who we are. I think that year one, you have a stronger emphasis on marketing. Absolutely. Year, year two, 50-50. And by year three, you should be pulling away on the branding side. And so- Pulling away on the marketing side, you mean? Uh, no, I would say pull. you should be uh, pulling, yeah, pulling pulling off from the marketing and focusing about branding. And, wh- and how that relates, let me give you r- real world examples. So year one, if I had to start a business today, let's say I bought 10 skis and 10 boats and I started business today, I would focus- transactional. So Google ads, Facebook remarketing, um, uh, anything that I can get, like if I'm at a marina, any ways that I can acquire customers, walk up traffic, stuff like that. I would really focus on transactional. When people are searching for boats, I'm there and I'm converting. Year two, you're going to see me probably mix mix up some branding and that would be maybe some ads within some local travel publications um, you're going to see partnerships with CVBs uh, I'll be probably more in person at uh, events getting to know more people building my network year three and again like the, for every year I'm still going to be doing a lot of marketing stuff like Google ads transactional stuff that's never going to go away year three depending on where my business is um, you might see a billboard uh, near my location. You might see an increase in partnerships with with other businesses, hotels. Um, you're going to see my logo other places around town, like because I am now developing my brand. I'm getting I'm, by year three. You're going get, to be getting a lot of repeat customers, uh, and so you're going to see re- uh, remarketing on the email side. You know, hey, you've been with us last year. Come back. Uh, that that's when the branding stuff, we're going to be reinforcing that, uh, through social media and everywhere. So that's kind of how I would do my trajectory for year three. And then going from year four, five, six, if you go to any tourist destination, you'll see that the biggest brands in your market are really pushing their, their name within billboards, airport advertising. They're really pushing it. Like at that point, your business is one of the larger companies in the area, you are pushing brand. Like you go to Key West and it's Fury, it's Sunset. I mean, it's they are all over. They are now entrenched in their market and it's all about brand exposure. They want people to see their name many times because they have a ton of inventory and they're looking for market share. So we've done we've done money, we've done marketing, we've done God, what were the first two? I feel like we've come so far. It's been a week. Partnerships. 
partnerships. So where, so like what, uh, what other things are people getting wrong in their first year and their second year and their third year? So and, we haven't touched on one important thing, which I'm glad we're going to save for last year, which is safety. Oh, uh, golly, man. Like, you know, it's like, it, it, I hate that we're even having to, I hate we're having to even bring this up because that should be not even a mistake, but you got to understand that if you make any mistakes in regards to safety, you hurt somebody uh, and you're negligible, you are not only going to lose your business because the insurance will drop you, you're going to lose respect from your community, especially if it's someone that that's local that gets hurt. Um, you will do, it, it will be a downward spiral for you. So um, I'm going to leave it to you, Kevin. Like, what are some of the things you see that first year business make a mistake? Because I have some, but I mean, from an operator, I think. Man, this is like, I, I want to like, just like drill down on motherfuckers who get into my industry. <laughs> and I'm going to say my industry with dollars in their fucking, in their eyes, man. You know, like it, it really pisses me off because I see a lot of corners get cut. I see a lot of mistakes get made. I see a lot of people doing stupid fucking shit like time and time again. And I'll tell you why it pisses me off because it costs me money because my insurance premiums go up because of your fucking dumbass decisions. And it's like, and people get hurt and people get killed and it fucking, it hurts the industry and it hurts the industry in, in irrevocable ways, like, like ways that you can't come back. You know, I can't tell you how many times we've heard like fucking parasails on the chopping block because nobody wants to cover it. People are just as concerned about jet skis in this industry that people are eventually that insurance companies are not going to cover it. And it's like, you've got no fucking right in this industry if you don't know what the fuck you're doing. And if you're putting money first above people's fucking safety, you deserve to fucking be tossed out on your ass, not covered anymore, and drummed out of town. And and I, it just it, it infuriates me it, because it's like now we, we've got to fight things like moratoriums. We have to meet with local governance, you know, because people are making, you know, bullheaded mistakes because it's like they're so like, oh, the money, you know, I'm going to get so rich. And and it's like when I'm sitting here talking about like, oh, man, I love the journey and I love building this thing and I love doing things right. And I and I love this industry so much and I, and I love building new products and services and the same thing some greedy fucking asshole comes in from behind me with zero experience but money to do it and they do it wrong because money is first and fucking the, you know the experience is second and it costs somebody potentially their life and so i'm gonna get off my high horse now and i'm gonna step down so the thing is if you want to get into this industry and you want to do it right again i'll bring it down to networking you know, like get educated, you know, find out, look at what operators that are doing great, that have been in business for 25 and 30 years. And even sometimes they're, they're still getting it wrong because they've done things a certain way and it's always worked and blah, 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 blah. And then fucking, you know, but look at their equipment. Look at like, are, are we replacing things that need to be replaced every single time? Like go to your, if you're a parasail guy, go to the operator symposium. If you're a jet ski or boat rental, 
Listen to our fucking show. My God, come to our event. Join our Facebook page. Um, get your captain's license. You know, it's like Sean Walsh from Jet Ski, Texas. You know, he made a post on Facebook. They had this great year. And it's like, man, he's going to get in his, like, start there. Get your six-pack. Get your master's. Like, it's like a, I don't care how many years you have as a recreational boater or if you grew up with your pap-pap on the fucking lake. You know, you've been around boats your whole fucking life. Those guys are some of the scariest motherfuckers on the planet. You need to surround yourself with industry professionals that know what the fuck they are doing. Like, start getting educated. And remember, money comes second. People's safety and experience always comes first. Well, let's let's drill in just for a few minutes left. Let's drill into just a couple things. When it comes to safety, and I'm going to go to the waiver side and the check-in process. So, Kevin, your check-in process is probably one of the best in the industry. Um, but I've been to many locations, and the check-in process varies wildly depending on the company. And some of them are just outright reckless uh, because if you're not getting all the information, validating people that they can actually do this stuff, uh, you know, it, it could be the end of your business. And one thing in particular is your, your waiver process. And the, the waiver process is just sometimes a shit show, especially you got like a group of people that are going on a boat and now they require everyone to have their own waiver. Correct. That used to be like a group waiver. Uh, um, you know, people, pe- no, I mean, people make amendments to their waivers and we've had people ask in the group, like, hey, who do you know, like an attorney that's like, no, man, you need to talk to your insurance company and don't change your fucking waivers. Like the insurance company has got an attorney that writes those waivers and they have that for a reason. They don't want you making amendments to the waiver. We made that mistake in year one. We made it. It was just so everybody could sign the same sheet. And my insurance on the road was like, no, don't do that. Everybody needs to. So uh, another thing that we do is we make that we make that digestible so people sign the lawyer one and then they i have them sign another one saying like listen this is what this is saying it's like don't get drunk and drive a boat don't jump off the boat while it's underway don't take the anchor and wrap it around your neck and use yourself for an anchor like it literally there's things like people have read our I would call it the digestible waiver and go of like, what have people done on these boats that you have to explain this to them? It's like, well, no, this actually says shit. Like that, that my, one of my favorite things in the, the first flight waiver was, uh, do you suffer from extreme giddiness? Like, Something happened where somebody sued somebody where they're like, I was so giddy. I would suffer from extreme giddiness. And they're like, oh, shit, we got to add extreme giddiness. I didn't know what extreme giddiness is. But it just goes to show that the, some of these law, lawsuits are so frivolous and, and people are, are not accountable for their actions or anything that they're doing that like something has happened where the insurance company had to add this. So we want really want to, you know, just make sure people really understand, Hey, you can't sit outside of the rails on the bow of the boat, because if you fall off, there's no brakes on this fucking thing. And you're going to, you know, your dad's going to run you over. You're not going to jump off the top of the bimini or, you know, 10 feet off the top of the boat into a foot of water. Cause you're going to break your neck. Like you have to explain this and then explain it to your staff. 
because you're you have a 21 or a 22 year old kid out there who like you have to train and train and train again because like as we talked about in the last episode like you have to be flexible shit's gonna happen things gonna happen in left field that you did not expect so you have to make sure your staff is 100 prepared because you might have somebody that's been on your staff for three four or five years and just been like what how would why would you even think that i had a kid the other day I, I did. I missed that the registration on the boat had on the boat had expired because we have different expiration dates on different boats, and mm-hmm. and um we had GPS trackers and that boat was not been being sent out. So somebody pulled the GPS tracker and we had one boat going out that day and the kid's been with me for four years. What boat do you think he fucking sent them out on? The boat that had no <laughs> was not registered and fucking didn't have a GPS tracker. I said, "Are you fucking kidding me, dude?" Like out of all of the boats that you could have sent out today, we've got six in the water. You picked the one that I consider to be the most dangerous. Well, what do you want me to do? Go fucking get them. Get on a jet ski. Go find them. Bring them back. Don't want them getting pulled over and getting a ticket. Don't want them fucking getting lost because it doesn't have GPS. And I mean, you know, so it's like yeah. if you're not retraining, training and retraining your people every single second, even if you think it's the dumbest thing that you have to like let them know again because a lot of times these are young guys young women that you have working for you and you have to keep your eye on them and make sure that even if they've done it a hundred times that we're going to go through this every year i don't care how long you've been in the industry or how long you've been in my organization we're going to fucking have this conversation about safety and about things that happened from years previous and we're going to drill that into our our, our organization and our staff's head so they can drill that into the customer's head that education is absolutely paramount to keeping people in one piece on the water. Yeah, I, I agree. And and just to kind of touch, I'm just kind of wrap it up with the point you made. Um, if you are looking to make any amendments to your waiver or just getting a waiver in general, because I had someone message me and ask this question about where do I get my waiver? Talk to your insurance company and make them give you the waiver or direct you of where to get it done. Because if you use someone else for your waiver and there's an incident, the insurance companies, well, you use the wrong waiver. We're not going to cover you. I mean, that could happen. So let them drive the conversation about the waiver. Don't go out and and try to cut corners to try to get something done cheap and definitely have a solid process that is replicated the same way every single time someone comes up. That is a huge mistake people make in year one is that they just are loose on it and you can just see your investment get pissed away when someone gets hurt. And that goes back to hiring your friends and family who don't give a shit, right. that are getting paid under the table that are going to cut corners even more. So just think about it. Um, it's not good. But we are at time. And I hope we covered a lot. We covered a lot of stuff in these two-part series. And there's probably 10 other things, too. Yeah. So and here I'm going to put one last period on this whole thing. Okay. Go, don't make the mistake of not listening to every single episode we've ever recorded. If you are going into your first year and you're trying to learn something about water sports, guys, we got a fucking encyclopedia of shit. Like we've gone deep dives on all of these topics, more in depth, insurance, safety, marketing, hiring, uh, logistics, standing operating procedures um this is what we're here for so if you guys ever have if you guys have any questions about any of this shit if if you're going your first year if you're going your 20th year check your fucking ego and reach out uh because we might not have the answers but we might know somebody that does so uh 
yeah, man, this is uh, this has been a great episode. I've really enjoyed this one. Good. All right. I got to get angry and swear. So it's <laughs> awesome. not a great episode if I don't get pissed off about safety. All right, everyone. Well, hey, <laughs> we appreciate you uh, checking in with us and listening. As always, go to our Facebook group, Water Sports and Tour Professionals. Um, follow us there. Also, we got the Awkward Water Sports Guide Facebook page um, that we post all of our episodes. And we love to have you join our community and continue the conversation. So as always, thanks for listening. Keep it awkward. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you haven't done so already, please take a moment to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting platform. And if you have further thoughts, questions, or comments about this episode, head to our Facebook group, Water Sport and Boat Tour Operators, to continue the conversation. See you next time.